Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a Big Show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome on in. It is the Big Show. Happy Monday. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake with you broadcasting live from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton producing the, uh, today across the glass from me. And safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Jake. How are you? I'm hanging in there, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine, thanks. I appreciate you asking. Yeah, did you have a good weekend? Doing all right? Uh, solid weekend. Uh, no no real complaints, other than still hoping everyone stays safe out there. What about you know, your I'd NFL left- weekend, Gordon? How'd that go? Yeah, how did that go? You know, I ate leftovers on uh, yesterday. It was I hadn't had any uh, Thanksgiving leftovers until yesterday. I'm sorry, did you ask me a question? About yeah, how, how was your you're, NFL you're, you're, viewing? You're, yeah. you're, you're, breaking, you're breaking up you're, on me, guys. Your NFL you weekend. How'd the Rams do? I, I can't. I can't hear I, I, something about. Yeah, I had I had Thanksgiving dinner again yesterday. Hello, Ellie. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ellie yeah. today. Yeah, that didn't go so well, did it? Uh, what a just stupid, stupid bit that I created. <laughs> even sure when is. even when you lose, I still think it's a stupid bit. I'm having a great year. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, I'm glad I'm my glad Dolphins are. my Dolphins pulled it out over the Jets, thank goodness. And then uh, Austin, you had the Browns over the Jags, I Oof. believe, and uh, squeaked it out by two points. Wow! <laughs> I lost twelve pounds in sweat watching that thing. Yeah. So well, and, uh, and then the Niners somehow beat the Rams, twenty-three and, to twenty. Uh, and, you know, and Gordon I knew they were. goes Gordon. I knew a, a they were. It's field goal. Well, <laughs> Uh, what awfulness do you have in store for me? I don't know. I, I gotta. I feel like this has got to be a good one. <laughs> Especially really... since you went with the Homer pick with the LA team. Agreed. Uh, uh, look, I wanted to go with uh, a certain game that uh, somebody else had picked instead, and so I didn't want to duplicate what he was no, doing. No, 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 no. That's not true. You have already mm. picked the Dolphins this year, so you are not oh, able that's right. to. I can't even. I can't even blame you. So the one week Gordon doesn't bet against the Jets, <laughs> he loses. That's not true. I haven't done that every week, but pretty. Close. Oh well. I think I'll the last time, yeah, uh, you bet against or didn't bet against the Jets was uh, the last time you lost, right? Wasn't it Minnesota and somebody? Uh, the oh, Dallas the, Cowboys. The Cowboys. Last week. Cowboys. Give me a freaking break. This is back-to-back weeks for Gordon. Yeah, I want to. I should take a look at who the Jets are playing this week and see if Gordon can pick them. The Jets are going to lose every game, by the way. Who, who are they playing? The Raiders. 
The Raiders. Who were just oh. terrible yesterday. Just awful. Holy moly. You know, I read an article on Friday saying don't ever trust the Raiders on the road. And I'll be daggone if they weren't exactly right. Woof. Well, this week they're going on the road, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they're at the Jets. Oh, boy. Oh, well, boy. What is Gordon going to do? They can't lose that one, can they? No way. Can't happen. Oh, it could happen for sure. I, I suppose it could. <laughs> you mean the Jets winning a game uh, despite their best interests? Of course. Yeah. Well, you know, you've been saying all along how much you hate this game. And I, I really, I'm, I'm to the point of hatred as well. I mean, I was having fun there for a while. It was good while it lasted, but it didn't last. A couple of babies. You know what? I had a, I had a really, <laughs> really. Austin hasn't lost in a long time. I've lost once this year. I had, uh, I had a really great Sunday. Let Did you? Because I, I got to play nine holes at Forest Dale, even though it was Ooh. 40 degrees outside. The sun was out. It was great. Uh, I actually hit a ball into the lake on uh, on number eight, and the lake was frozen over, so the ball just sat there on top of it, like <laughs> tempting me, like, "Hey, I'm right here, but you can't get me." <laughs> Don't uh, you dare go out there in that. That shot aside, I played really well. Uh, I I came home uh, to you know check out the football scores and see that I safely got by with uh, my Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of my Raiders getting cream, that was rough. But uh, then, on top of that, guess who has Tyreek Hill on their fantasy football team? Hot oh, you do. Diggity dog. He had 200 yards and three touchdowns in the first quarter or something nuts? Yeah, it was unbelievable. I, it was unbelievable. He was catching everything in sight, and they couldn't cover him. Yeah, that was impressive. And then on top of that, I also have Austin's guy, Derrick Henry on the old fantasy football team, and uh, he had a fantastic day. Best running back in the league or the best running back in the league? Oh, he's the best running <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, I in agree. The yeah. I don't know if it, it's serious, out of the blue football conversation right now, NFL conversation. Is it even close? It was with Dalvin Cook until what he did the last couple of times. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, statistically, Dalvin's still in some ways better, but who are you going with? Right. Not currently playing because I mean you can overall go well Christian McCaffrey but I mean he's no show this year so but how I mean how surprising is this really fellas you can see this coming a mile away I mean I think he meant surprising conversation here yeah out no, of no, the out, out of yeah. the blue oh, didn't expect to go NFL no 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 that's oh, that's all we're talking about no I don't think it's a surprise I mean he he single handedly uh, not only got them to the playoffs last year but didn't they get a win. Yeah, and yeah, then over we're, the Patriots. Yes, and the, over uh, the yes, Patriots. And then we're, we all remember yeah, that. That's right. We yes, do. we sure do for <laughs> the same reasons. Oh, man. And then they had a what, lead. What, what exactly did I say to you, Austin? There's no way. Yeah, we, we is, put an incriminating audio bet on it. I know, but what was it that I said? There's it was, no way the Titans win or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but uh, Henry is very, very good. Very good. Mm-hmm. And we got this one out of it. Parking stall lines are merely suggestions. Ah, yes. You know, I think Vrabel's a pretty decent coach, too. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. Kind of kind of funny to see all of Belichick's former coaches just fall flat on their face. Matt Patricia <laughs> out in Detroit, by the way. Yes. And a former player is having some success. Although I like that Flores guy in Miami. He's not bad either. Yeah, uh, I like Vrabel, especially when you compare him to the last seven coaches we had there. So. Who was that? Uh, the only good one was Jeff Fisher, and really he wasn't that great. No, it was he the wasn't. players. Yeah. yeah. 
Who was the dude who replaced him, the one everybody liked but couldn't coach? The offensive lineman. Oh. Uh, Must check? Something like that? Something, yeah. And then there was Wizen Hunt. Oh, was that Wizen Hunt bag in there? Of filth. Yeah. Hmm. By the way, did you guys see that story how Lions fans were donating to Deshaun Watson's charity for getting uh, Matt Patricia fired? That's pretty hilarious. That is pretty hilarious. I, I mean, look, I mean, it's good that people donate to a charity. I'm not sure that's the best reason, but who am I to judge? Oh, man, as long as it goes to a good spot, who cares? <laughs> uh, the, the the Lions will never cease to amaze. What, I mean, when you think about it, one playoff win in 50 years. Who would have thought amazing. Who would have thought Wayne, uh the uh, Lions fans would be looking back on the Wayne Fonts years as like, "Oh man, those were the glory days." <laughs> uh glory days was that when Eric Hipple was playing back in the day? Mm. Former Utah State Aggie. The Oklahoma guy? Eric Hipple? Yeah, didn't he end up going to Oklahoma? Oh, he played at Utah State, didn't he? Oh. Mr. Know-it-all knows. Ask him. He probably We'll be able to tell us where Eric Hipple went to school. Eric Hipple or Josh Heupel? Who are we talking about here? No, Eric Hipple. The the now public Will. speaker, Eric Hipple? Yeah, Will. Will. <laughs> <laughs> he went to Utah State. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. And the uh, graduated from the John, N., John M. Huntsman School of Business. How about that? Yeah, I thought I thought you were going with Heupel. And wasn't there another pull in there somewhere that went to Oklahoma? Josh Heupel. Uh-huh. Who was I still remember. OC at Utah State for a hot second, wasn't he? I, I still remember uh, a sign hanging. What was it back then? The Silver Dome? Uh, it, it, it's just a sign hanging over one of the bleachers. Uh, it said, uh, Eric Hippel is God. Because he had one good game, and then, you know, in, in, as far as the Lions are concerned, that's elevation to the celestial realm. <sighs> okay. Take your word for it. Good that was back. I bet, I bet that was before you guys were born. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh-huh. I bet Mr. Know-It-All would know when Eric Hipple played at, uh, you know, for the Lions. He, he, he he played for the uh He had a ten, ten year uh, career for the Lions, of course. And do you remember when he was there? When did he play? Uh I wanna say it was around nineteen uh eighty to nineteen eighty six and then again eighty eight to eighty nine, I believe. <laughs> He's so smart. He, he was so the NFL smart. completion percentage leader in his rookie season. Hmm. Or not his rookie season. Six seasons in. What, what what happened to the the year in between there? Did they cut him or something? Uh, he he, uh, he took a, a gap year, as you call it, I believe. <laughs> Went traveled he and cut, studied abroad. Cut him for a year and thought, you know, <laughs> thought he wasn't that bad. Let's bring him back. He tried to sell insurance just to do something different. And missed the game. Bought a McDonald's franchise and I'm thought, back to football. Man, football was pretty cool. You should see the painting he did in that time. Yeah, pretty, right. pretty bad. Pretty interesting. If you if you were an NFL player, and you had to have another job, and uh, you know this, every once in a while someone does this, but way back in the day, before they were being paid enormous amounts of money, players used to do that. If you if you let's say you needed the income for whatever reason, what job would you take in the off season? 
It, it'd be it'd come close between two for me. <laughs> Crime novelist or go-go dancer? <laughs> well, the good the good news is those schedules are so that you could do both. I could wedge a crime novelist uh, uh, career into the football playing. Yeah, that could probably happen. And go-go dancer seems like something that's pretty flexible. And something you'd be terrific at. I know. Yeah, it'd be flexible, but would you be flexible? I'd get there. I'm not saying I could do it overnight. I'd have to train. But in in your scenario, I'm a professional athlete, so I've got to be more flexible than I am now, right? Awesome. What would you do? Uh, This. Producing the big show. Yeah, why not? All right. That's... And hosting yeah, Car- what, what, Utah what, what, would, what would we do and the in, during on. the season? I don't care what you would do. You're asking <laughs> me about me, the most important person. Okay. All right. Well, there's a trip down memory lane for some of our older listeners. Should we talk about uh, anything else? Uh, <laughs> the alarm going off in the background? I don't know what that is. I don't either. I was just kind of thinking about that. Hmm. Did I tell oh, one small parenting victory, and then we'll jump into the uh, the the youth football uh, footballing over the weekend? Oh, what happened this time? Oh no, 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 this is entirely good. Have you ever seen the Big Lebowski, Gordon? I've just seen parts of it. I never sat down and watched the whole thing. Isn't that the one when uh, Jeff Bridges is eaten out of a out of a dog bowl? A dog bowl? No, I don't think that's in, <laughs> I don't think that's in that movie. Jeff Bridges is in that movie, but okay, I, I don't, whatever. I don't uh, recall that particular scene. But um, there's one scene where he's carrying around. It's set in the early '90s, so he's carrying around this big brick of a mobile phone, but he's ignoring the phone call that's calling. So the phone is constantly ringing, and one of the other characters, Donnie, keeps saying, "Phones ringing, dude." Like, the guy's nickname is Dude, Jeff Bridges' nickname is Dude, and he's kept seeing phones ringing, Dude. Like, he doesn't know that the phone that he's carrying around is loudly ringing. So I I find that subtly one of the most hilarious parts of the movie. So anytime I hear a phone ring or a text, odds are I'm saying, phone's ringing, Dude. And so yesterday... Phone's ringing, Dude. Yesterday was sitting at the dinner table, and uh, my wife got a text massage. And it uh, it dinged. A what? A what? <laughs> a text message, and it oh. uh, it dinged. The alert dinged, and my my three year old daughter just looks at the phone and goes, "Phone's ringing, dude!" <laughs> right out of the blue. Phone's I'm, ringing, dude. I'm so so incredibly proud of now, her. Now, does she know that from the movie or you? No, she has not seen the movie. No, she knows it. Because if she me. knows it from the movie, that's not a parenting no, win. No, we have huh? not quite uh, showed her the Big Lebowski that yet. We figure that's for seven, eight-ish. Oh. Uh, yeah, right. Not okay. three. Let's, let's get her, let her get a little older. But I was just The so... four-syllable swear words are not ready for her. <laughs> no. <laughs> She's phone's ringing, dude. Oh, that's pretty <laughs> this cute. This is amazing. Uh, anywho, ringing, dude. anywho, Gordon, you should see that movie. It's a good movie. All right, you say so. Isn't she also saying, God bless it? Yes, yeah, she does that, Because of you? Because yeah. of me, Man, yeah. I'll tell you, Jake, you better be careful what you say, because that kid is awfully, awfully observant. Well, why do you think I'm saying, God bless it? That's a good thing. Because the alternative, she'd be repeating that. <laughs> so. You think he's accusing Tiny Tim of being a, a sailor mouth? <laughs> right. God bless us, everyone. I, you know, I stub my toe, and it's instead of GD it, it comes out, God bless it. Have you ever heard a swear word come out of her mouth? No, not yet. Knock on wood, because I'm sure yeah, it's I, only a matter of time. I'm not going to get specific, but I heard one of my grandkids uh, drop, a, drop a certain word, 
What'd you teach them? It wasn't from me. Uh-huh. Believe me, I had a, a little uh, talk with uh, certain people. My daughter. Is it okay to use the term? <laughs> my daughter really scared me a few mornings ago. Like, really scared me. She's just now uh, opening doors. And so this is like six o'clock in the morning. I'm going, uh, going, uh, was awoken by a full bladder. And decided to, uh, you know, happen into the bathroom, which is right by her door. And all of a sudden, bounding out of her door right at me is, is my daughter in the dark and yelling. Ooh. And I, I, may have, I may have cursed a little bit there. So I'm hoping she didn't notice. But she really frightened me. How, how was your aim in the moment? <laughs> uh, no, she, she got me before I, I, I proceeded. She, she, the, the bathroom you is— You didn't paint the wall? I went out our— <laughs> bedroom door and the bathroom is halfway in between her door and and ours so she she must have heard me get up or something because all of a sudden it was bound at the door and yell what did she kill she said ah <laughs> she's into su- she's into it's surprising good, it's a good thing that door didn't swing outward <laughs> it would have depleted me uh wow. it did it, wow. it really frightened me though she was excited. She wanted to to come into mom and dad's bed and watch Daniel Tiger, which so so she said, terrific. "Phones ringing, dude." She said, "Phones ringing, dude." <laughs> I was so proud. Uh, right, well, let that be a lesson to all the parents out there. Okay, so thank you for my my victory in parenting. Should we uh, uh, <laughs> should we let's get into the youth coming up right around the corner, and then we'll have plenty of time to uh, to uh, get into what we saw on Saturday. I know you wrote about it, Gordon, at sltrip.com. Uh, speaking of Ute fans swearing, maybe. Yeah, probably not Not real pleased there in the second half. So we can get into that, uh, what we saw out there. Uh, a lot of jazz on the program today at the 5 o'clock hour. We're going to play for you the uh, Dennis Lindsay, Justin Zanuck uh, media availability from earlier today. So make sure and stay tuned for that. The great Frank Dolce is going to be on the show at the top of the 4 o'clock hour as well. And who knows what else Monson has in store for us. Uh, all kinds of treats. I'm always hesitant to tease the not sports port at 450, but also uh, you can nominate your favorite incriminating audio. For oh Gordon. yeah, for Gordon. Get on Twitter at Austin Horton at Jake Scott Zone at Gordon Monson. Send in your open mics if you'd like on the Zone sure. Sports Network app. We got to make this one hurt. I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> like the other ones didn't. Not as not as badly as you, as I'd like them to. Right. What what should Gordon admit to having pierced? <laughs> <laughs> we could think. We could think on it for a little bit. Uh, think all you want. I'm done thinking. <laughs> you know, but that one won't work. So. All right. Stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Utah's highest-rated, most-listened-to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally-owned Big O' Tires for no-credit-needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Let's get into the split story of the day, Gordon. Uh, uh, appreciate you letting me tell my parenting stories in the last segment. But let's uh, let's be productive, shall we? Let's talk a little bit about Utah and Washington 
and uh, Utah blowing a 21-point halftime lead. Something the University of Washington, if I'm remembering the graphic correctly, has never come back from a 21-0 lead ever in their it entire was a, existence? I thought, well, they kept saying that it was the biggest uh, comeback since 1988 or something. Well, anyway. I, I saw several different places. Never has Washington come back from 21 down at home. So what, uh, what, what was you guys' impressions of what was, why did it happen that way? I mean, there's a lot of things to pick from. Um, I think it's a combination of, of uh, big mistakes from young players and mm-hmm. um, Utah's tendency to sit on leads. So where do you, if you were going to bring those two things up, and there are other things as well, but where, where are you dividing the percentages there because they were a pretty darn conservative and you just can't play that way anymore. Uh, college football, you got too many people who can score points. Washington was averaging 35 points a game coming into that game. You can't sit on any lead. Well, I'm going to put the more on the big mistakes by young players for one specific reason. If Ty Jordan doesn't fumble the ball, <laughs> and they complete that drive, Utah wins. So, I mean, if you want to look at one instance that was really the deciding factor, unfortunately, it was that mistake. And I say unfortunately because, man, I felt for him because he was just balling out. I mean, he was he was having a day. And then to have that mistake, you could see, you know, in his body language afterwards how upset he was about it because he knew. He knew what a big deal that was and how well he was playing and – Got to hang on to the football, man. That's tough. I felt for him in that moment. So I'll go big mistakes more so than the than the dialing it back. But I mean, that, yeah, that's certainly a factor. That's been a thing with Utah for a long time. This is, uh, yeah, it has. And okay, let me let me take one of those those two things one at a time. Uh, Ty Jordan, ten carries, ninety seven yards, average nine point seven. Uh, he had four receptions for thirty one yards. Is it time for the Utes, in spite of the fumble? Is it time for them to feed that guy the ball more? It looks like he's the guy. It does, which is a real surprise to me, given that we thought Brumfield and um, uh, Jordan Wilmore were both yeah. pretty capable uh, capable mm-hmm. players, and it's not like they were terrible by any means. But, I mean, they Jordan seems to be like the player there. Not, yeah, not the change I, of pace guy, but the guy. I agree with that completely. I think it's time to... I mean, well, Jordan had 10 carries. Brumfield had 10. Uh, well, Jake Bentley had 10. Wilmore had eight. And Micah Bernard had three. Uh, I, man, I I give Jordan more than 10. And I know he made a, a critical error there. But it's it's time to let him uh, get lathered up and, and gain a bunch of yards. And then get some consistency as well. Uh, tough for him to make that mistake that he made. But I agree with you on what you said about the the conservative play calling, and uh, the Utes are going to have to figure that out. This is one of the things that that has to happen this season is for those coaches to get to know the players they have, find out what they're capable of, and then trust them. Trust them. And I know there are four turnovers, and that's going to hurt. That's nine turnovers in two games. That must drive Kyle Whittingham insane. But uh, there are going to be mistakes. Well, that's why you gotta, he doesn't. You got you to iron out these things, Jake, because you're not really playing for this year. And, and I, I, there's no other year that I would say that about. But this year, come on. This is nothing but a practice season, really. Come on. 
Come on. Um, <laughs> that's never not going to be funny. The Job one <laughs> is still my favorite. Um, come but on. <laughs> here's the thing, though, Gordon. I mean, come on, man. Jake Bentley was responsible for three of those turnovers. Mm-hmm. And so that's why Witt does it. That's why he does it. That's why he dials it back because he says, okay, the only thing that's going to beat me now is, is if I make a bunch of mistakes. So I'm going to be conservative and I'm going to run the ball and do all but these things. you can't things play that-, that way. You can't play that way against an opponent like Washington. It's going to get you beat. And that's exactly what happened. I understand that the turnovers helped in that regard. But you can't play scared. Oh, come on! <laughs> I think Witt probably would tell you though he's playing defensive. I mean, it's, it's, it's the mentality. I, I would say that the criticism over dialing it back so much is this isn't necessarily the defense that you're able to do that with. I mean, some of the Utah defenses over the years, like, okay, you can dial it back a little bit because you know the defense is going to stonewall them. Even though we've seen good Utah teams, uh, good Utah defenses lose in this kind of sit on a type of fashion over the years. But this young defense, you know, I, I I think you needed to keep the foot on the gas because you had to anticipate giving up some points to Washington in the end. You know what I mean, Gordon? That that mm-hmm. zero on the board at halftime yeah. that wasn't reality. Yeah. So yeah. this ne- what, this isn't necessarily the defense to do that with. You know, I mean that yeah. the, the last drive by Washington. What do we all think was going to happen? Right. I mean, young defense that that showed some cracks in the foundation, certainly there in the second half. They needed an offense to go out there and support them. Obviously, they lost the game. They gave up 24 points in the second half. Do you think they looked tired on that last drive? Or is that just an excuse? Oh, uh, you know, what's the difference bet- between an excuse and a reason? I mean, I'm sure they were tired. <laughs> they were they were getting rolled in the second half, you know? The, yeah. I mean, Washington was dominating offensively. Yeah. So uh, It's interesting that you say that, Jake, because – when, when when Washington got the ball back with, what, just over four minutes to go, we all knew what was going to happen, didn't we? Yeah. You knew it I mean, coming. you could just you could feel it coming before it happened. You go, okay, that's what they start on, their own 12-yard line? <laughs> and you, you're thinking that? That was just weird. That was such a, a, a weird way to make to see that happen. But that, that's what this team – I think it's incumbent upon the coaches – to gather this team and get them sort of it's like a it's like a car that's in the shop it needs to get tuned up it needs to have the the wheels checked and balanced it needs to have everything sort of put together so that it will be in prime form moving forward and i understand they're playing two of the better teams in the league uh Unless you want to say that Oregon State's the best team, you know, you know, but uh, so it was difficult for the Utes, a big challenge for them. But that is going to fly with Ute fans who saw a 21-0 lead. Uh, You don't lose games when you're up 21 to nothing. That's exactly what they did. And you can look at all kinds of different things, uh, just like what we were talking about earlier. The Utes offensively are. 359 yards, Jake. Is that is that satisfying for the Utes? I mean, we've seen we've seen lower numbers certainly. Um, the the offense worked fine. Not many people were complaining in the first half. I mean, they need more if 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 that's the answer you're looking for, sure. But I mean, it <laughs> that's why this game was so weird because they had some success in the first half, and then you know maybe Washington made some adjustments. I'm sure they did, and and they were effective. So. 
I, I don't know. So, so what part of it do you blame the coaches for lack of adjustments or the fact that Washington was able to come up with those adjustments and the Utes weren't? Well, here here's a criticism that I'll, I'll put out there for the coaches. It seemed like they went away from their go-to guys in the second half offensively. I was talking to Hans about this off the air, in fact, uh, as his show was, was wrapping up. You know, how many targets did Keithy and Brian Thompson get in the second half? Yeah. You know, one apiece, or maybe it was two yeah. for Keithy and mm-hmm. one for Thompson. But, I mean, it, it didn't feel like they – well, to your point, uh, Ty Jordan, 10 carries in that game probably wasn't enough. Yeah. Somebody running the ball like that. I mean, it, it almost felt as if they went away uh, from some things that were successful in the first half, which, again, is the criticism of the of the kind of sit-on-it type mentality because you, as a result, throw out the game plan and say, okay, well, we're going to protect this lead. And then all of a sudden you're, you're going away from things that worked. So, so this gets back to what I was saying earlier. That's what the Utes have to do. They have to figure out who to rely on and then rely on them. I know that Jordan had that, that fumble, and that was brutal. But, man, he's averaging 9.7 yards a carry. Give that dude the ball. You got Brant Keithy out there. Two games now, he's had four receptions in each game for 23 yards. That's nowhere near enough. And if you're going to try, who you who else are you going to go? To? Is Brian Thompson your guy? Who's your, who's your, who are your other guys? You got to go to them and trust them. And what, is Jake Bentley your guy? Well, he's got to be now. So you got to let him. You got to let him play. He has been somewhat underwhelming, though. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I get it, but. It's what you. It's what you got. Well, like that the play at the end, the interception at the very end. That's not a. That's not a play that a three-year starter makes. I mean, I, that was so baffling to me. It's like, well, you go with the upperclassman because he's not going to do stuff like that. I mean, but that, that, that was des- that was desperation time anyway, wasn't it? I mean, you know, I. But that's when you need cooler heads to prevail. I mean, there's one throw on the field you absolutely can't make, and it's that one. Well, you're running out of time. I guess you could set yourself up. Or field goal, but uh, you know they were they were just trying to do whatever they could. Yeah, I mean th- this team has some issues, but it also has some promise, man. When I when I watched him play, when I when I saw the way the offensive line was performing in that first half, I thought, okay, this is what we kind of were expecting this year. And I know they got some youngsters up there, but they were dominating the line of scrimmage. What happened to that? Wow, I you know I it was a tale of two halves, but the offensive line it, you know obviously has some issues that they're trying to get figured out, and that's well, just not something that uh, that we had anticipated. Well, I didn't see any issues in the first half. I mean, I saw guys who were just out there, you know, grading the road, and uh, yeah, where did that go in the second half? I I don't know. I I don't know. I wish I was enough of a football expert or psychologist to be able to explain that to listeners. But I don't know what happened to that offensive line at halftime. I do know that Washington came out better prepared in the second half. And it looked to me, Jake, like they knew it, too. When they came out on that first drive and did what they did, did, weren't you sitting there going, hmm? (laughs) You know, somebody was inspired during the half. Well, I'll tell you what, Jimmy likes a good coach. We've known that for a while now, and I, I think kind of what we wondered about him was, you know, how will the offense under Washington look? But, you know, didn't really worry too much about the defense, and the, mm-hmm. the adjustments that they made were really, really good. I mean, Utah was yeah. a different team in the second half. Yeah, well, I, I think the answer to it is figure out who you trust and then 
jump on board with those guys and quit fiddle faddling around. You know, if you're if you're afraid to let your quarterback throw the ball, then you got big problems, and you better figure out a way that he can be successful throwing the ball because you can't just hunker down like that for half the game. It, it, it will not work, and, and I don't really don't care who they're playing. That way, it's not going to work that way. You know, fiddle faddle. So. That's a that's a Montanism. What Montanism did I read in your column this weekend? Oh, frick to frack. <laughs> How many frick to fracks have you mixed into your column over the years, you think? Uh, probably, you know, I don't know, maybe in my career? Yeah. Uh, that's 40 years, so I'd say maybe, what, uh, one every couple years? Couple weeks? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, if that's the way it's going to be, then I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I won't I'll, do the frick to fracks. No, 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 anymore. we're not trying to shame you. It's just like fiddle-faddle. It's a Monsonism. But I bet you if All we, right. went, if, if we went, went back to the Trib archives to a— uh, Monsum column from 1997. You will be talking about John Stockton's frick to Carl Malone's frick. <laughs> <laughs> I hate being predictable. No, know. that's all I'm saying. I just noticed it because I know you so well, and I've been reading Monsum columns for a while now. Well, I'm glad you caught it. But uh, really, that's that, that's the way it was in that game. It, it, you said it right, and I've heard it said a thousand times, but it really was a tale of of two halves. Completely opposites, complete opposites. It was it was weird, and I know that frustrates fans. But uh, I, I still think that there is reason for optimism with the Utes. Did they blow a big lead? Yeah, they did. They're young. They made some dumb mistakes, and the coaches have to trust their players. That really, those are the three things that come to my mind. I don't know if you got anything else, but that's it for me. Yeah, I, I think you summed it up pretty well. Um... They've got a lot to learn. They've got good players, too, and I don't think they're going to go winless in this truncated season, but I guess I would expect them to still beat Oregon State, depending on how much you think that their victory was was legitimate, because the Pac-12 was was interesting this weekend, but that is, yeah. that is a bad loss for the conference. Uh, not just uh, Not just the Ducks. That's a bad loss for the conference. And then USC uh, doesn't get to play. Mm-hmm. It's not good, and that uh, that's going to happen again. I mean, this is going to keep happening for the rest of the time. Teams are not going to be able to play at times, and that just sucks. But it's what it's what the whole world's dealing with. So, well, and now they have to deal with that whole uh, the what a Santa Clara County mess in there in California, which I believe affects Stanford. Oh. And unfortunately, San Jose State, who's a pretty good team, and the San Francisco Forty ers we find out today, are moving to Phoenix. So. <laughs> what a time. For three weeks? Uh, for three weeks, I think that's what mm-hmm. the, the directive that was uh, that was laid out there. So yet another hoop uh, so, to jump so, through. So, so do you agree with me then that this season is essentially a practice year at this point? I mean, what's the use? Just utilize it to grow your team. Wait, for whom? Well, there, there's, there's no other real purpose here. For whom? For the Utes. Okay, I thought you were talking about overhaul. Oh, overall, no. that's why I'm. Well, I'm I mean, in a lot of cases, the Utes no, aren't I the mean, only team. Yeah, the Utes aren't. They were never going to win the division this year. You know, they, they were got never, two or three more games. What, they what are they going to do with that? Well, go out there and play. We're going to enjoy watching them. I mean, it, it was a particularly painful game to watch on Saturday, but uh, just from the stack, watching a team blow it is, is painful <laughs> to watch. 
Uh, but uh, you know what? I was loving watching uh, local college football. That's for sure. I, I wish the the Cougs would have played last weekend. Yeah, I thought that was interesting that BYU stayed at uh, at eighth in the AP poll. Uh, is that is that a bunch of uh, voters telling the the committee to stick it? Uh, probably some of that, but I mean it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. Feel goods yeah. for the Cougs. I guess it's just uh, uh, adds to the frustration, maybe for some U- some BYU fans. But uh, I-, I-, I thought that was interesting that they held their ground and didn't uh, follow the line of thought. As uh, they, how many committee members are there? Thirteen. Well, uh, there were some good things that happened. Uh, for BYU, I suppose, over the weekend, if they're hoping to get included. I mean, Oregon losing couldn't hurt, although they're still obligated to take a Pac-12 team, so I don't know how much that Northwestern. Northwestern, Northwestern losing. losing. Uh, uh-huh. That quarterback going down, you know, never want to say an injury is good per se, so forgive me. But, I mean, I don't think uh, Jack Tuttle is going to be as good as uh, the quarterback he's replacing in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah it's kind of a crazy year all the way around. Yep, that's what we got. Phone's ringing, dude. I know, I hear it. <laughs> All right, come on. I'm going to go answer it. We will get to more. Stay tuned. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the day today is Steppenwolf, selected by Gordon, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist inside at LiveNation.com. I like Steppenwolf, Gordon. Is this coming from anywhere uh, other than you just were in the mood for him? Nah, just pulled it out of thin air. Good. I like this song. This, uh, this, yeah, I love this song. That's a good song. I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> they talking about drug use? I don't know what they're talking about there. I don't either. Gordon, why don't uh, you do carpet ride? I, you know, do some deep digging on that for us. Well, it was from the 60s, so I think it was the 60s. I bet Mr. Know-It-All would know probably when that song came out. Gordon is going to have you Googling all day, isn't he? But (laughs) Gordon has always Googled, hasn't he? Yeah. I've always Googled. I don't think you have. (laughs) Not today. (laughs) Not today. Uh, We're going to hear the entire conversation with uh, 1968. 68, there you go. Uh, we're going to hear the entire conversation with Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck from their media avail- availability today, coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, Gordon. But one one quote was interesting to me uh, about why they drafted uh, Udoka Azubuki, and uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Uh, this is what Dennis said. He said, quote, I think our analytics ratings had him second overall. Uh, he goes on, he says, our scoring ratings, ha- or excuse me, scouting ratings had him inside the top 10. Their defensive rating at Kansas was the best in the NCAA. We felt, we just feel like he was a unique kid, unquote. So 
<laughs> okay. Does that have anything to do with uh, the Jazz's relationship with Rudy Gobert? That would appear not. I mean, they're, it sounds like they're going the best player available kind of kind of direction. You know, that's so interesting to me that they had him so high because none of the other teams did. Well, maybe they know something or are looking at something that uh, other teams aren't. I mean, well, they're... yeah, that's either it's either brilliance or it's uh, a complete reach, one or the other. So you got to trust your guys if if that's what your your team is is telling you, then yeah, you go with it. Hey, I get it at twenty seven. I mean, people out there who, who thought that the Jazz were really going to have an automatically day one rotational player, and hey, I talked mm-hmm. about this too. So throw me right in here. Uh, amongst the the group that did talk about that, but that just probably wasn't realistic. At 27, you take some factors into your scouting, you know, the analytics, obviously, and you try to find some someone that other teams aren't looking at. That's exactly what you're trying to do with a pick like that. So, you know, if you can put him on ice for a couple of years, develop him and see what you've got. Maybe you do have that unique player. At very least, if you develop him, you've got a, a piece that you can maybe move into something else. I mean, discovering a player is discovering a player, right? Yeah, it's one thing to be drafting uh, a certain way if you have a top 10 pick. Right. But if you're at the back end, what the heck? You know, if you see somebody you think that may not help you right away, but is going to help you on down the line, then yeah, go ahead and do it. Why not? And trust in your staff. You know, you've seen what Alex Jensen has been able to help Rudy with. You know, you hope Mm -hmm. that maybe you can duplicate that. Exactly. And it gives you yeah. more flexibility at that position. And as uh, the great Frank Layden and others have says, you have said, you can't teach size. So, I mean, the guy is, is very unique from a size standpoint. Hey, I'm out there just watching college basketball games. I'm not studying these guys the way the jazz staff does. That's what they do for a living. And if, what, what, if Dennis Lindsay has his staff in front of him, and he loves challenging the guys, he says, okay, tell me what you think. Remember when we were talking with him that time and he said, I never like to express my opinion first because I don't want my my people to just parrot back what I'm saying. Right. He always asks them what they think. And if they're giving them this, this kind of, this kind of uh, promise in a player, then, yeah, what are you going to do if you get two or three people who are telling you, yeah, uh, th- this guy is not on high on a lot of people's boards, but he's hard or high on ours. Then Dennis Lindsay says, ah, you're full of it. Now, that's not the way to run your thing. you gotta, you got to trust your people. So kind of like what I was saying with the Utes. If you got some players, you got to trust them. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, well, then take it into account. I mean, even Tony Bradley, who was taken at the back part of the first uh, first round, Gordon, you got a little productivity out of him last year when you desperately needed somebody to fill that role. I mean, that's a success for picking at the end of the uh, at the end of the first round, you know you never know what you're going to get. Uh, I bring this up all the time with you, but the, they picked Mo Almond at what, like 24, 23? Was he 24? I and can't and he, he dominates the at the time D League, and everybody, oh, this is the shooter that uh, the Jazz have been needing forever. And then he gets a little bit of a chance at the NBA level, and you go, oh well, can't play him <laughs> for a variety of different reasons. That's terrific. <laughs> You know, you just you yeah, you, you don't know you. sometimes, and and I'll I'll tell you what if the disparity if they had this guy top ten from scouting and top two from analytics, which just seems nuts, and other teams aren't seeing it, I, I'm with you. You got to kind of trust what it is you're use the criteria you're using to judge. Yeah, it either gives you a great opportunity or or you you, you belly flop or you miss horribly. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. 
unfortunately. But that, what else would you expect at yeah. that position at uh, picking 27th in hey, the first round? Hey, yeah, if I'm picking there, I would rather take a flyer on a guy. I have no problem with a reach at that point. I mean, and I I saw a lot of criticism of the Jazz with the way the draft went. And, uh, I, you know, so what? It, it really doesn't matter. If that's what your people are seeing, then you don't shut them down because it's something different. Right. Because so. all that does is encourage everyone group think. You don't want everyone thinking the same because they're afraid to, to uh, step out on, a, on the ledge a little bit. But I think that pick, I, I appreciated the clarification coming from the Jazz front office today because I think there were a couple of things by, about that pick that left you scratching your head a little bit. You know, maybe it felt like a little bit of a reach and that uh, he wasn't uh, really projected to go that high. And it's another center and it feels like duplication. I mean, I, I thought the explanation we got today was interesting. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I mean, everyone thought that Jazz's number one need was perimeter defense. But where are they right? going to get that? At twenty-seven, you know, and you're not going to, and you're not going unless you see an opportunity to move up. You're not going to, yeah. I go with the, the guy that I think will, in the long run, help my club the most. And so we'll no see how it goes. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how it goes. I bet he, I bet he spends a bunch of time with the stars. I bet uh, you know they'll they'll have him coming back and forth to practice a ton because I'm sure they want him to work with Rudy. Uh, you know, Rudy sometimes struggles a little bit from uh, with big bodies and big guys, and, and maybe this is somebody who can push Rudy in practice a little bit. You never know. You know, you never know how how he can benefit the team. I would love to see those two uh, heading up against each other, battling it out. Yeah, two bigs like that. Yeah, that would be fun to watch. I mean, it might not be pretty, and I imagine that Rudy would. <laughs> hey, be the uh, the master, uh, not the student, but I, I still think it would be fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. All right, we'll get to uh, what's going on coming up right around the corner. Uh, don't forget Frank Dolce at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. We'll let you hear from uh, Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck at 5. Stay tuned. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.